0: Welcome back to the seventh episode of Somewhere Between, a podcast made by Asian adoptees for Asian adoptees.
1: As you may have noticed, we have changed our name and logo from Adopt-Ed to Somewhere Between. We hope that this new name creates a stronger sense of connection, as we believe that feeling somewhere between is something that many adoptees, including ourselves, experience. We will also be pausing the series on racism indefinitely. With everything happening in the U.S. and around the world, We want the conversation to remain focused on Black Lives Matter, something that we all firmly stand with and believe in. So to commemorate the changing of our name to Somewhere Between podcast, we will be discussing how we have struggled with our identities and struggled with feeling somewhere between with one foot in our adoptive culture and the other foot in our birth culture, but never really feeling like we belong to either. And to start things off, I kind of want to throw out the question. It's a pretty general question, but I want to see what you guys think of How do you currently identify?
2: I think for me, identity is very intersectional and there's always a lot of crossing over. Identity is just everything that kind of like makes up who you feel like you are. So for me, I have an identity of being Chinese, being Asian American, being an adoptee, being Italian American because my adoptive family was Italian American. Um, All of those things kind of lead to how
0: I identify. I agree with that statement, except for me, it's um, Canadian because I'm in Canada. So I feel like I'm a Chinese Canadian, but also because my adopted family are from England, so I'm also I like claims to English um, heritage. Yeah, I definitely agree with you guys. Um,
1: I think the only thing regarding that question is, I guess when I a- get asked that, I usually like to ask for more specifics. It's kind of like the same of like to me of like where you're from. So whenever people ask me like how do I identify, do you-? I'm like. Do you mean like citizenship wise? Like, do I identify like nationality with this country or the other country or culturally or just like, you know, because it's, it's, that's like the thing. It's like so hard to put yourself in a box. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's kind of always ever changing because, you know, being adopted from China, coming to America. So then there's that like American nationalism. But then, growing up in a family where culturally is Chinese and Pakistani it's like which sometimes I, I found myself often swinging between cultures so sometimes I'd be like oh I'm you know leaning more towards into my Chinese culture like I'm in in phases almost or as a kid I was very into Pakistani culture all the movies all the dresses and like everything like that was my thing and I think it's a question we're not often at because personally I didn't. I saw. I heard this question, and I was like, you know what? I really, actually, genuinely don't know, because I never really get asked that, and I don't have an answer for it, honestly.
2: That's true.
0: I I haven't thought about that way before.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, whenever somebody like asks me, there's very few times where it feels like a genuine curiosity. It always feels like a like it's building to something. I was trying to prove some kind of coin so I'm always like a little on edge when they're like, "How do you identify?" And I'm like, "What are you gonna use this against me for?" Like. (laughs)
1: yeah i definitely feel that you always know that they're just going to be poking for something else
2: exactly and i think that's kind of like one of the complicated issues of being anybody but especially being adopted especially especially being adopted cross culturally cross racial transracially all that stuff
0: yeah Mm
1: -hmm. and you kind of almost develop a script right at least that's how i feel Of whenever people ask you this question, you have an automatic, okay, boom, 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 here's what I say. Yeah. And then it gets them off my back. Exactly. So considering this kind of like confusion and uncertainty within ourselves, have you ever found that you like, you struggle with your identity, either as an adoptee or, you know, whether you feel like you're Chinese or, you know, just growing up as a child, balancing everything?
0: I mean, I for sure struggled with my identity as an adoptee, as a Chinese adoptee in high school, because when I was a little kid, I just I knew I was adopted and I was lucky enough that there were other girls around me who were adopted. So I just kind of thought it was a thing. Um, and then when I went to high school and there was um, actual like Asian people because I met actual Asian people before. Um, and then they thought I was Asian, but then I wasn't. And then they got really confused. And then it was a bit of um, kind of shame because I wasn't a real Asian. And then I kind of had that struggle with um, just identifying as an adoptee because before I'd seen it as no biggie. And then after, I was, it was kind of used against me to to be like, no, you can't be one of us because you're because you're this. You're not one of us. If that makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that's awful that that happens.
1: They used as something to divide you instead of, you know, bring you in and be like, hey, let's teach you more about, you know, the culture which you were born in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Amy? Did you, What was your struggles like growing up with
2: this? Yeah, I definitely, you know, struggled a lot between being, you know, Chinese, Chinese American, and then the Italian side. I feel like um, whenever I, we talked about this a little before, whenever I'm with my family that I'm adopted into, especially um on my dad's side, they're very like Italian, in your face, like right out of like the movies or something. Um and I always felt like I was an other, you know? Um, every time they like look at me or talk to me, it always felt like any, any little difference that I had, it was it always felt like they were being like, oh well she's adopted. Oh she's different. Um and it led to a lot of really big rifts. And I actually don't talk to my dad's side of the family, really, um, for a number of reasons. Uh, but it just, whenever I was with them, I always felt like the outlier, the outcast, or the the black sheep of the family. But it felt deeper because I knew that I was physically different than them just because I was adopted, um, which was really, really weird. As far as, like, my adoptee identity, I've always been, like, super forthcoming about that. My parents always made it a big point to, like, celebrate that. Um, Every year, we celebrated something called – a lot of people call it different things, but we called it my anniversary because it was an anniversary of adoption. Um, So it was never something that I felt uncomfortable with um, unless I was trying to communicate with other Chinese people. Then I was always, like, the when do I disclose that I'm adopted – you know, conversation in your mind. Um, My friends actually are super, I don't know, just because I was always so comfortable with it, my friends and I will joke about it because I know that, like, they... It's one of those things that, like, they know that it's something I'm okay with talking about. So, like, we have a certain level of joking that they can do, which I feel comfortable with. So we always kind of do that. Uh, My favorite uh, thing that we do is, like, when we play a game, um, you make rules for the game. And my friend, one of my best friends, um, he always makes the rule every time so-and-so happens you have to tell amy that she's adopted and we love her and it's like hilarious to Aww. me because, like, it's the sweetest thing and it's funny and it just makes me feel like if i feel seen and heard and validated um i don't know if i would have felt that way when i was younger but like over time i've gone grown into being really confident in that if that makes sense
1: that's so cute that your friends do that.
2: Yeah, he's he's great. He's he's a true friend, Peter, if you're listening, thanks for being a pal. <laughs> How about you, Aya?
1: Um, I feel like for me, it was nothing but a struggle, honestly, because like especially the cultures that I was adopted into, you know, like Chinese and Pakistani culture can be very different from each other, but also have its similarities, and then it's wildly different from american culture Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and growing up in a very like you know caucasian town it was always like me on the outside whether it be like certain ways, even like to the minute details of certain ways that i was raised in terms of mannerisms Mm -hmm. and i distinctly remember like all my friends would call each other's parents by their first name and the parents would be like yeah call me like call me stacy you know and i i was like oh god
2: i can't do that Yeah. Oh no, Stacy, Stacy. No, I said spicy. I don't know. That's a thing I said. Spicy like it's a spicy thing to do. <laughs> oh, Oh. Uh, okay. oh true, I guess.
1: Um <laughs> but yeah, it always like threw me off. And then as soon as I would, you know, respond back with, Oh, Mrs. like so and so, um, it always just like made me feel different from my friends. And mm-hmm. I remember even friends' parents would highlight that and they'd They'd say this in front of their children. They're like, oh, you know, like, you should have Ollie like, teach you some manners. And I was like, oh, God. What? Oh, my God. Right? I was like, that's bold. But, yeah, like, everything always just made me feel different. And it was highlighted, my differences, by the people around me. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, like, my family, I never really felt different. I felt like I could blend into both cultures. And, like, they did whatever they could to teach me about each culture. Mm -hmm. But where I grew up, it was not the same. Like, I would get picked on for being Chinese. I would get picked on for being adopted. I remember someone literally said, oh, so you're unwanted? And um, oh that, I, I, like, I, I was, like, in second grade. Oh,
2: my God. <laughs> That's horrible.
1: Thankfully, though, uh, second grade, Ollie had a really great comeback of, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, maybe, you know what? My birth parents didn't want me, but my adoptive ones did, and I know that I wasn't a mistake.
0: Oh, <laughs> snap. <so> yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I, I that was that was, second grade, Ollie was savage. Ouch. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it always everything just always felt like I was being set apart from people. And it honestly came to a point where I, I kind of regret resented some of my culture. Um, whether it be like my name that no one ever got right, every substitute always had like their 15 different ways of saying my name, whether it be Aliyah, Aaliyah alia Anya, like um, they came up with everything that you could think of. Yeah. Um and then it'd always be the story of like, why am I this name? Or whether it be like the almost shame that I was made to feel when I was younger for being a part of like Pakistani culture and you know, um being a Muslim in my town, with like kids spouting all the things of, oh, all Muslims are terrorists and they're all bad, and like one kid was like, Oh, like all Muslims should just be hung.
2: Oh my God.
1: So I actually like for a while pushed that away from me because it was just a very negative aspect. And I was just going through things of like, what do I personally believe in? And it was just, it was just a really bad time. So I think for me, identity was always just a hard thing.
0: I'm so yeah. sorry you to go through that.
1: I, I did find my way. Yeah.
2: Yeah, kids are rough. (laughs) Kids are vicious. No filters. And I think that having that kind of like cultural dissonance or identity dissonance where you're still trying to figure out where you fit in and how you relate to the different things that make you up, that it's very natural to reject the parts that don't make sense or the parts that are causing you, you know, pain and suffering like that. Um, It's something that a lot of us can speak to, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, especially when we're—I mean, I, I hear people who aren't adopted talk about that too. When they, you know, are from one country, they come to another, but we're kind of experiencing it in a in a three, four, five punk scenario
0: instead of straightforward. Bella, don't eat that, Bella!
2: <gasps> Bella! Bella! Come here. I'm so sorry. She just ate a piece of puzzle.
1: Uh, oh God, is she? Gonna, is she okay? Like she, she didn't, didn't swallow it. I
2: think she's gonna spit it. I'll be right back. You can choose that.
0: Oh, okay. Imagine Japan oh, okay. just, oh, okay. just oh, laugh in.
2: Oh my!
1: <laughs> I mean, that'd be a nice, funny thing. <laughs> you just see Amy like trail off, and we're like, "Okay, well." Okay, I'm Amy struggling with her her pet. I'm struggling with a lot of
2: things. <laughs> like, oh, I, you know. All right,
0: I'm back. <laughs> she sped it up. We're good. Okay, that's good. All right. Where I'm just like piece. this
2: end for fun. Honestly, do it if you want, that's fun. It's so encapsulating of any time I try to do anything in this household. <laughs> um I'm sorry, about what were you saying?
1: I'm just thinking about a cat eating a puzzle piece now.
2: <laughs> yeah, she's a little rascal. Well, it's shaped like a butterfly, so the tail, I guess in her mind, she thinks that it's like a line of treats that she can eat. I don't know.
0: <laughs> so funny. Pet logic
2: yeah honestly
1: uh I guess I just you want me to just continue and then
0: yeah yeah yeah, let's go for that I'm so sorry
1: (laughs) (laughs) no no no, it's all good it's all good I'm glad your cat's okay
2: yeah me too (laughs) (laughs)
1: um so kind of going from there and like you know you guys obviously know my stance on this but uh were there ever moments that you guys like rejected your adoptive culture or your birth culture?
2: I think I definitely did, um, especially because I stopped talking to my dad's side of the family and even my dad for a little bit. Um, There were a whole lot of issues um, with that whole thing, but it just kind of made me really take a step back and, you know, not want to do Italian things, not want to, they were very big on, you know, traditions and all of that stuff. And I just, I didn't want to partake. I didn't feel like I ever really belonged with that um so i just stopped doing it i didn't want to go to family parties i didn't want to see them um you know just because those feelings of like feeling othered i thought if i cut out being italian then that would get rid of those feelings of feeling like it wouldn't put me in a situation where i would feel like another you know Mm -hmm. um and then when the chinese side of it i think a really big thing that i've always struggled with is i i want to understand I want to be a part of it because if people are gonna treat me you know people on the street are gonna make fun of me for being Chinese or yell at me and stuff I want to I want to understand where I'm from and i I always wanted to be proud of who I am um but I always started the line of like you know what is an appropriate level of understanding am I allowed to want to learn about this um, am I allowed to do those things and I think the idea of am I culturally appreciating or appropriating my own culture? I think that's a really big thing that weighed on my mind. Um, th- this is my culture, you know, I'm Chinese and I'm very proud of that. But because I'm adopted by a white family, am I appropriating my culture by trying to learn it? I think that was a really big thing that weighed on my mind. Um, so, I, to try to avoid that, I would try to reject parts of it, but I always wanted to accept it. That makes any sense,,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely see what you mean. it's it is that question I think because growing up in the time where we are now, where you know people are becoming more sensitive to each other's cultures, it because like you make you're made to feel an other in both scenarios from your own culture and from the culture that you're adopted in, so mm-hmm. it's like you can't do right either way, but I absolutely right. don't think it's at all culture appropriation trying to learn about the culture that you came from and connect to you know, so-called like roots. Yeah. If anything, I think it's something that should be celebrated by people who were born and, you know, raised in that culture of, okay, you know, you're trying to learn. It'd be one thing if you're just doing things in the culture without actually learning the background of it. And I feel like that's when culture appropriation becomes a thing, when people mm-hmm. aren't educating themselves and they're just using things for the sake of it. But when you're educating and you're learning and you're trying to understand I think you're just a genuine person just trying to learn, you know?
0: Yeah. Awesome, because it is is your culture.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I put in those research hours when I'm trying to understand.
0: How about you, Maya? Well, I went through a bit of, like, rejecting my adoptive culture, which kind of tied into, um, in our previous episodes, we were talking about, like, rejecting our um, names because I said that I kind of, at one point, wouldn't, like, talk about my last name. And Mm -hmm. so it's because I was trying to, you know, fit in with the Asian people in my school and trying to also, like, learn more about my culture uh, because I hadn't had that opportunity. Mm -hmm. But I think there were also aspects when... um, I didn't necessarily reject, like, my Chinese culture, but growing up, you kind of hear bad things about China in the news, like, you know, China starving, being communism and the government. And so Mm -hmm. it kind of fostered a bit of, like, negative feeling towards China because you know you hear all these bad things about it and you're like oh but I don't want to be associated with that mm-hmm. so I obviously don't stand by that perspective anymore but when I was younger I definitely felt a bit of um disconnect no yeah.
1: I think that goes back to kind of what Amy was saying of you kind of push away the things that cause you pain you push away the things that you know just Create negativity in your life. And at that time, you know, being Chinese created negativity for you. Being Pakistani created negativity for me. Being Italian created negativity for Amy.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I also feel that, like, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one, but I always feel really conflicted, or at least when I was younger, during like events like the Olympics, people would like go back and forth between, like, oh, are you like supporting China? Are you supporting America? Like, who are you supporting? And like, I don't know. Like, I'm seven years old. Like, I don't. I'm just watching some cool sports. I feel like that was always a really big thing for people is like, who am I going to support in the Olympics? And I don't understand why. Do you guys ever experience wow. that?
0: Yeah,
1: definitely. Like when you're, and like, I think any sports show, of like you see someone from a country and you're like, do I support the person who like is technically from the country I'm from? And like, they're like technically similar to me. Do I support my own country or like, where, where do you lie?
2: Yeah. And then I felt like no matter what I said, they would be like, like, it was an issue. Like, I couldn't pick America because they'd be like, oh, well, you're not American. One, rude. Two, I am. Um, and then if I pick China, they'd be like, oh, yeah, you, you're not American, obviously, you know, communist. And I'm like, can I do both? They're like, no, you can't do both. I'm like, but I just, I just want to watch some sports. Let me be. Jeez, that's insane. Kids are
1: vicious.
0: -hmm. Like that's a predominant theme.
1: (laughs) I remember at some point actually with that, I would just kind of go for someone random of like a country that I have no connection with. And I just be like, like you know what? You there's this one thing that you did that I like now. So I'm like, we're gonna support you because heck it.
2: Might as well, you know. I can appreciate that. (laughs)
1: Um, but yeah, that's kind of like one way that, you know, you just felt we all felt differences and I'm kind of wondering, like, you know, for you guys, what other, like, aspects made you feel different? Or, you know, when did you start feeling these differences? Because it all seems like we started feeling it pretty early on.
0: Um, For me, I've, I think one of the times, like, I really remember feeling different was I think I was at a park. And then this Asian woman, she was Chinese, um, came over to me and started, like, speaking Mandarin to me. And I was, like, so confused, right, because I obviously don't speak and in that moment, I kind of felt like I was it's irrational, but I kind of felt like I let that person down. Cause like, wow, I don't know what you're Mandarin. What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that was one moment when I was like, whoa. Because like, usually, I, I this sounds really strange, but I, you know, I forget I, I look Chinese. <laughs> it doesn't make sense but I forget Not that bad. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I think one of the first instances I
2: like distinct, like I'm. I knew that I was different. I think my whole life, just because like. No, I was just very aware that like my parents looked different than me just because you know I had a mirror but I remember being a parent to other people when it was me and another Chinese boy in our class people were like oh you like each other you guys are good to date this was like first or second grade and I'd be like no why they'd be like you guys just look so cute together and then I would like it was like a light bulb I was like is it because we're both Asian? And they was like, oh, yeah. I mean, no, no. it just you guys are cute <laughs> together. And I was like, it's because we're both Asian. And that was like just a very defining moment in my little history. I was like, hmm. All right. I, I see what you're saying. I know what's up. Call them out. Um, I think
1: similar to Amy, it was like first grade for me. I know my parents kind of prepped me before everything before i was like getting super involved with school and other stuff of like you know here's this is our culture and like sometimes it's going to be different from others and so i was like kind of aware but you know as a kid you're just like okay mom yeah sure um Mm -hmm. and then you go to school and you interact and i know i mentioned this in like a previous episode of when i was trying to interact with a certain group of girls and they just wanted nothing to do with me And I, you know, being a kid, I was like, but I just want to be friends. And I thought if I was just genuine, it would work out. And then it kind of led to the bullying. And then I was like, oh, this is what happens when you're like different from them.
2: I hate that that kind of stuff happens. makes me upset and sad.
1: I also can feel too, um, I can relate to like what Maya had mentioned of, you know, when an Asian person comes up to you trying to speak to you in either like Cantonese mandarin whatever they think you're from Mm -hmm. um and when you just say like when you have to say like oh i don't understand or you know i don't speak this language and then that disappointment that they look at you with i still feel that kind of to this day because i live in new york city so you know i go to chinatown i run to it all the time or i'll be on the subway and there'll be you know an asian couple trying to ask me for directions and i just i can't say anything to them Mm -hmm. and i used to say like oh i don't speak chinese and then I got that huge look of disappointment and I was just, I just make you feel so horrible inside. And it's like, you know, you know nothing about me. And like, I don't owe this to you, but I, it makes you feel like you do almost.
2: I feel like I owe you an explanation, even though I don't. Yeah. No, I totally get that. I think also, sorry, now that we were talking, it reminded me of something else. I, so I have a hyphenated last name. Um. And I remember when I was, my parents are divorced. And my mom told me that she always wanted me to have a hyphenated last name so that no matter what, like, on paper, it was, like, more evident that, like, my mother was my mother and my dad was my dad. You know, like, this is my mom. We have the same last name because even when I was little, she told me, like, if people just see us together, they're not going to know that you're my daughter. And I don't want anyone to even try Take you away from me, or try to call it, like so. If you, we both have our identity. You can say this is my daughter. We have the same last name because she knew that we obviously don't look alike. Way
0: mm-hmm. in a weird way, that's
2: kind of sweet. right? Like it's crazy that like you have to think about that stuff, but it it made a lot of sense too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because my name, right in my name, it's. It's eleven syllables is my last name. It's it's a doozy. Oh my. Writing that as a child, I was always like, Why do why did you do this to me? And then she would straight up tell me, This is why you did that. This is why we did this. And it was to protect us as a family. And I was like, Oh, okay. I guess I'll write my last name now. Yeah, it's
1: just unbelievable how much is tied to a name or to people's assumptions of us and you know, how we have to take that into consideration when we're with our families. Mm-hmm. Like I I totally see what you mean because I know with my father um I was too young to remember but this is a story that's like always told in my family where he and I were coming back from visiting family in Pakistan and he actually had gotten detained because they thought I wasn't his kid they thought he was smuggling me
2: oh my god
1: yeah so we both got separately questioned um this is like the one thing that I do remember I do remember like like consistently being asked like is that your father is that your parent? like are those your parents oh um god. and my mom had even signed that like special waiver that needs to be signed by like all parents of mm. oh, okay what a single parent's taking your child out of the country like does the other parent agree and we had all the mm. documentation they like called my mom and everything but they just wouldn't believe it oh my god like that was like the, the start of the moment where it, you know it just shows you like people will just kind of go what they believe on not what you say and you mm-hmm. kind of always proof that like hey we're related right and then something you're like always aware of like I know when I was with my brother we were always like very aware of how we came off because mm-hmm. every time we'd go somewhere if like if we like the one time the few times we'd get along when we were younger and then we decided to do something together they'd be like oh like you know like what are you guys doing like doing for your date or something and I'm like excuse me what <laughs> that's my brother and then we just look at each other and we're horribly disgusted yeah i'm like yeah. seven eight years apart so it was like what the heck oh my god yeah it, it just i don't know man people have like the weirdest assumptions about things people i was having dinner with my father they, they the the we were in a chinese restaurant and the man asked me um something i forget how this came up but he was like oh like is that your professor what and i was like excuse me <laughs> i was like 16 at the
2: time <laughs>
0: And I also wonder is like if they think it's like our sugar daddy or something.
2: Yeah. I am terrified oh, yeah. of that. I try to say mom and dad all the time. Just to avoid any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well you
1: just have to continually continuously drop like this is how I'm related, but trying to do it in a subtle way.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I looked at apartments with my dad, um, because he's gonna I'm trying I'm in the process of moving. And I was and it was obviously one bedroom because I'm going to live alone. Um, And I just made sure every two seconds be like, hey, dad, hey, dad, just very clear. This is my dad. I am living alone like nothing creepy like this man is in his 60s. Like, please do not look at me the way that I think you're looking at me.
1: Mm -hmm. God, it's such a shame that we have to like, I mean, we don't have to, but we feel that we have to do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's something like we have to be aware of every second. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But, you know, all of that aside, like all these experiences we've gone through, you know, you always grow from them. You learn, you kind of develop really and figure out who you are. So do you guys feel comfortable now with who you are? Or like, you know, piecing together your identity or not necessarily just finding yourself, but kind of describing yourself?
2: For me, I, I definitely have grown into that. And I think, honestly, a really big part of that has been everything that we've, you know, that's come out of, you know, the corona pandemic and everything, you know, the, the, the rise of subtle Asian adoptee traits, um, this podcast, this um, Chinese adoptee mentorship program, and, and those have more than anything helped me kind of feel confident in that part of my identity more than I've ever felt before.
0: I kind of agree with that. Um, I think hearing a lot of people's experiences and just kind of feeling like I'm not the only one who's going through this makes it um, more reassuring, I guess, and there's like kind of a connection. Um, but yeah, I would definitely see in the past year, I've become a lot more comfortable with my adoptee identity. Um, still not fully there, and I don't know if I'll ever fully be there, but I'm, I definitely don't reject it the same way that I used to. Mm-hmm. that's awesome. I'm
1: glad to hear that you guys have both like you know found your way, and then with also like the help of others.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you, alia? How do you feel? I feel like for
1: me, it was kind of like a very internal experience where it really kind of started um when I had come out of the hospital when I was going through mental um health stuff mm-hmm. and I really just started to take a look at like what made me happy and unhappy. And just understanding that, you know, no matter what you do, people are going to have something to say, they're going to want to think what they want to think, and they're going to, you know, walk all over you for it, they're going to make fun of you, they're going to do whatever they want. Or sometimes, you know, sometimes it's happy, and they celebrate you, they help you, they encourage you. Mm-hmm. And I just decided at that moment, you know, I'm just going to do what I want to do, and be who I enjoy being or what parts of me I enjoy being and what parts I want to explore. And mm-hmm. I actually ended up writing about my struggle with identity in my college essay that, and it got me into college too. So nice. <laughs> it was a, it was a win there.
0: Yeah.
1: But I wrote this essay about being a squircle, which is kind of, you know, relates to our somewhere between mm-hmm. um, you're not quite a square and you're not quite a cir- circle, but they're trying to shove you into a circle peg or a square peg and you just won't fit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that was sort of like the start of where I really started accepting myself and just giving myself the permission to learn and grow and choose who I want to be and what my identity is. Not just let people say like, oh, you look like this or you come from this. This is who you are.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: like you guys, I got into the, like groups and got to talk to more people and hear their stories and feel more secure in what I feel.
0: Mm-hmm. Hearing about your um, squirrel reminds me of this meme I saw in. And- Solid Asian Adoptie Traits, which is, it's like a spork. And it's saying, I've got the qualities of a fork and a spoon, but I don't feel like I belong to either of their drawers." Oh, I wow. felt that. Yeah. That
1: is too relatable. <laughs> right?
0: yeah.
1: I like that addition of, like, the qualities.
0: Yes. I like that too. Yeah.
1: Because it's like the stuff that you pick up from being part of these cultures makes you uniquely you, where Now you've got the qualities of both and like you can do both.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You can be a a fork if you want to be and like pick up, stab that food, or you can be a spoon and scoop that food.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's very, both of those analogies are very fitting and I, I really like them.
0: So considering like all this stuff
1: we went through, is there anything that you guys could even like say to yourself when you're younger to make it easier or help yourself? Or even now, like is there something that you kind of wish someone would say to you to help you like confirm that you're on the right path?
2: That's a good question. I'm trying to like think about like what did you need to hear in those moments when she didn't feel like she was like she was too white or not white enough or whatever? I just
0: I don't know. I wanna say that I just give myself more confidence in that moment, but um, I think also just going mm-hmm. through those experiences helps you grow as a person. And I'm not, while they weren't necessarily the nicest experiences to go through. They definitely were important for me to go through. If that makes sense. Yeah, to help kind of developing.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think maybe to help kind of kickstart you guys. Like the reason I kind of asked that was because as I think to myself, I felt like they're really isn't much advice you could give to yourself at that age because there's not you can't really change anything it's the only thing you can really do is like how you deal with it and Mm -hmm. i am kind of proud of like going being able to go through those moments and i didn't i don't want to change that of like what i've learned and grown so i feel like for me i would just try to comfort my younger self and say you know hey it's okay to feel what you're feeling you don't need to feel guilty over feeling torn between, you know, trying to balance all these things. You're young, you're a kid. The, you shouldn't, you don't need to have the answer now. You just need to, you know, just keep growing and find your own answer. And you will. But no matter, like on your journey, it's okay to feel what you feel.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. And I feel like in
1: general, it's just not something that we as a culture, just say enough to people yeah it's always like oh don't cry because you need to be stronger or don't you can't feel this because of that and we just Mm -hmm. invalidate ourselves so often and I think if we just it's like that's what all that like be confident or you know be kind to yourself is about is just giving yourself that okay to feel what you want to feel because that's how it's affecting you and Mm -hmm. gives you and give yourself the power to change how you let that feeling affect you long term or how you act upon
2: it. No, I completely agree. I think that's kind of like the perfect that's what you just said. That's the thing that I think every kid needs to hear, at least in these situations, because they are like hallmark moments and they do help shape us for better or for worse. Um, They make us who we are, especially as people who, you know, are not white. You know, anybody of color has those moments and it helps us, helps us stronger. But it, it creates us into the people we are and we learn from those experiences and we go.
0: Yeah. So what do you guys do in moments where you, you feel too white or too Asian?
2: I think it depends on the situation and where it's coming from. Um, that plays a really big part in it. Is it coming from myself? Is it coming from strangers? Is it coming from people that I care about? Um, They all play in. I try to, you know, talk myself off that mental ledge. And it's definitely difficult. Sometimes I try to, you know, respond with like a sassy, you know, like spunky response. Um, And then sometimes it's just a matter of like, I need to sit with these feelings and process them and realize that like, Sometimes I'm just going to feel them um, and I need to understand them a little bit better so that I can heal from those feelings because sometimes they just happen regardless of if I, uh, no matter what I do, I guess.
0: Mm -hmm. So I was asking that question because I was thinking about a time where um, my ex-boyfriend was Chinese and so I think I was joining his family for dinner. And, like, they were all speaking um, Canto, And then I was just there. Oh. And I just felt so out of place in that moment. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still still don't know what to do in those situations. In my head, I'm just like, well, this is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that.
1: Well, here we are, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) I do what I can to live through.
2: And that's definitely a situation where it's like, there is no, like, answer as awful as that may sound like there's not a whole lot you can do but I think it's yeah. okay to understand that sometimes we're in situations that there is nothing we can do um which is a really hard thing to admit but yeah. understanding that and still finding you know a way to to feel and process I think those are really big moments of themselves
1: yeah definitely I feel like for me in those moments I just tried to do whatever like made me feel comfortable whether it be like being honest and saying like hey you know I don't know what you guys are saying like do you mind just like speaking in English for me please like I did this with um some friends when I was in a friend like hanging out with them and some of their friends who were just all like they all just spoke Cantonese and I'm like oh man I, I have like less than elementary school level of mandarin and even if i Mm -hmm. if if i i didn't and it was cantonese i still wouldn't be able to understand yeah so i just had kind of being honest or when i was um i started doing this like when i was younger of kind of becoming a little more eccentric about it i guess you could say (laughs) where Mm -hmm. if i knew i was like in a group and i'd kind of just almost not necessarily like make fun of myself but like be okay with some humor and laughter um before, like, you know, they could use that against me kind of thing. So I would, like, mm-hmm. I remember this one time. I think we talked about this, too, in a podcast where there's, like, this um, big main China sticker. And we we're just peeling it off of stuff as we we're setting up for some club event. And mm-hmm. I just took that sticker and I was like, hey, guys, here we go. <laughs> my perfect label. <laughs> <Nice look." laughs> yeah. So kind of just, like, doing that stuff of, like, whatever makes you feel comfortable. And I know for me, like, I just honestly tried my best to avoid situations where I knew it'd just be homogenous. Like no matter what race or culture I would be in, I just never liked being fully homogenous groups because I always felt like I was going to be an outsider. So if I could, I'd bring a friend with me who was different or I'd try to like pull in like a few people that were also different in the room and then pull in some people from like the main majority and just create our own like conversation group.
0: Mm, That's a good strategy. I like that. Yeah
1: yeah, there really is no way to prepare for it or what to do with it. And sometimes, like Amy said, you kind of just have to sit with those feelings.
2: All feelings of this nature are valid. And it's okay. It's okay to
0: not be okay, you know? Totally off off topic. But there's actually a Netflix drama, Korean drama, called It's Okay to Not Be Okay. Or something like that. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I would would really recommend it. I started watching it yesterday. It's pretty good.
2: I'll add it to my list. Mm-hmm. I do love I do love some dramas.
0: The only <laughs> thing is like the episodes are kinda long. I think they're like an hour and fifteen-ish minutes, but that's okay. they're worth that's it. pretty
2: standard yeah. Totally.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm definitely interested. Yeah. So I was totally random. It was I just like that little me.
1: Well, well yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> but it's fun. You know, that's like, that's what this convers the conversation's about. It's to spark, you know, more conversation or other things that could interest us and tie, you know. Stuff that relates. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioning that reminds me of kind of one of the things I used to, I loved about like a lot of um, Japanese anime or anime movies is you see the character go through their emotional journeys and sometimes you just see them straight break down and they just, they're, they're doing, it's that giant like scene where they're just bawling and all the emotions finally hit them and you kind of just see them accept that and you see others accept that. Like, you know, oh, we've been pushing you pretty far. Or, oh my god, like, this is how it was actually affecting you. And you see people soften and understand and the character understand themselves. And that just felt so, like, such a relief.
2: Yeah. I'm a sucker for solid character development. It gets me right in the feels. Mm, Like Zuko from Avatar.
1: I was just thinking that, Amy. Yes! yes. (laughs) Oh my god. Just. I've when he gets article. to see Uncle again, oh. Oh. <gasps> Maya Netflix huge recommend.
2: Yeah, ten, ten It's super like, easy to binge. It's so
0: things. like I see the memes about like Zuko. I, I didn't realize that it was from Avatar. I was so confused. Cause I see them oh, and, like yeah.
1: Stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's not just Zuko. They're, like rewatching things, like you see how all the characters oh,
0: wow. how they
1: mature. It's honestly and, like, the take. I would on. call it a perfect show. Twenty out of ten. I will steal yeah. that again.
2: Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> oh man. After this, we should definitely like fangirl more, Amy. Oh, oh say, for sure. Avatar. For oh. sure. I'm always down a fangirl over Avatar. <laughs> um. But any other like final thoughts
2: in just regards to identity, guys? I think identity is something that's very personal to everybody. Um and it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people and your identity journey is your own you say this a lot but like don't let people tell you you know who you are let you figure out who you are
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know it's whether nice that yeah whether you be like especially I think one of the biggest one of the things I hear a lot is you know are Filipinos Asian and some people say yes, and people say, just let, let people be who they are. Let, let everybody figure out their own journey. And if you're not hurting anybody, just it's okay. It's all going to be okay. That just felt like so peaceful to listen to. <laughs> oh, thank you.
1: Thanks for that, Amy.
2: Mm-hmm. Anytime.
1: So I just wanted to thank all of our listeners for joining us today. Um, Tune in next week for our discussion of the documentary, One Child Nation.
2: If you're interested in participating in one of these episodes, you can email us at our new email, somewhere.between.podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to join our Instagram family at somewhere underscore between underscore fam and stay connected with updates, casting calls, and more. See you guys next week.